Hello there. Welcome to the Beloved Son Ministry Show, where we who were once only the prodigal children now dare believe that we really are the beloved children of the Father. This Father who has loved us with an everlasting love. So now, let us come together, yes, in all of our brokenness, in all of our woundedness, but also in all of our belovedness, to share with one another the impact God has had on our lives and the impact that He continues to have in our lives, so that our curses may become crosses and our crosses may truly become blessings. So welcome home, my beloved brothers and sisters. Well, good evening and happy Palm Sunday of the Lord's Passion. Today we begin the great journey of entering with the Lord into the city, the, the holy city of Jerusalem, where in just a short few days um, he will enter into his passion, the passion that, that brought about our salvation. So let us just begin with a quick prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we thank you for this time, this holy season, this, this privileged time for, for the church to enter more deeply into, into the mysteries by which you have granted us, us our salvation. We thank you for the gift of our faith and, and for the gift of this time together. We ask you to bless it, and we ask you to draw us deeper and deeper into the mystery of your love where you live with the Father and the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. The Father and the Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. So needless to say, um, Mass today was extra long. And depending on which parish we were at, we may have begun inside, or maybe there was a, a small procession within the church, or maybe a procession from, from the outside. Like at, like at the cathedral where the archbishop um, began on the outside and, and we journeyed our way into, into the sanctuary, um, waving our palm branches. And so in the outside portion of our um, liturgy today at Mass, we would have read and heard one gospel reading, which is about the actual entry into Jerusalem from Luke's account. And... You know, in, in that account, we, we hear our Lord telling his, his disciples to go and to get the animal so that he can use it for his time has come. And so as he entered into the city, um, people were praising him and, and waving palm branches and laying cloths on the floor and branches on the floor so that he can walk by, you know, a, a real symbol of, of royalty and and they were, you know, saying, you know, Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he who comes, the king who comes, peace on earth, and peace in heaven. And the Jewish leaders, they didn't like this. And they said to Jesus, you know, rebuke your disciples. But our Lord said, no, I will not. If they don't cry out, the rocks will. Symbolizing how, you know, in just a short few days, um, the rock will will shout when the when a veil and it's turned to two when the nights when the sky is is dark and the, and and the ground splits into two the stones will surely cry out and then we get into our mass proper readings we have here 
um, from the from the um, prophet Isaiah. You know, the, the prophet Isaiah was really um, he was writing in a time of of the exile, and 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 before and after as well. And within the chapter, I mean, I'm sorry, within the book of Isaiah, we have a, this this very um, interesting character known as a suffering servant. And this suffering servant um, isn't at all um, a glorious king, or or even someone that is of of um, of any royal um, status or dignity. But yet, as his name implies, he's a servant, a servant that in fact suffers, suffers um, greatly. And you know, now we know that that this suffering servant is is pointing to Christ Himself. And in today's first reading, um, one of the four suffering servant songs are are read is read rather, and just listen as as I read from from part of it. He says, "The Lord God has given me a well trained tongue, that I might know how to speak to the weary, a word that will rouse them." Now, is it how true of that is that of, of our Lord? That he had this amazing gift of preaching that really stirred the hearts of Jews and non-Jews alike, right? Rousing them. And then we get into the suffering part. I gave my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who plucked my beard. My face I did not shield from buffets and spitting. And that's our Lord suffering. Our Lord on the way to Calvary. Our Lord before the Sanhedrin. As we read um, today in the, in the Passion narrative at Mass. So this suffering servant is, yes, um, someone who has a well-trained tongue. Who, who can work marvelous deeds, but at the same time is one who suffers, one who is um, scourged and spat upon and despised. You know, and so at the time of the Israelites in, in exile, um, this, this was hoped to be have a source of encouragement for the people that that yes, you're suffering now, but the Lord will He will deliver you. And and a few hundred years later, our Lord comes in a picture um, in the flesh, and surely He does. But but He He delivers them without them really knowing. Um, but and then we move on to now to this responsorial psalm where. Um, we we hear you know the famous line from our Lord on the cross, "My God, my God, why have you abandoned me?" You know, and sometimes people use this to say, "Well, maybe, maybe our Lord was, you know, he did feel that God left him. He did he did feel that God abandoned him. So 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 maybe he lost faith and he lost hope. But of course, that's not true, right?" How often do we hear our Lord saying that he and the Father are one? And so 
he couldn't possibly believe that the Lord has abandoned him because, well, in fact, one, um, even in this line itself, he still acknowledges God. He addresses him, my God, my God. So he still acknowledges him. And also he was quoting Psalm 22, which we read in, or sung in its entirety today at Mass. And if we remember and recall from the actual psalm, um, one of the lines, this is only one of the several verses. And in fact, it ends, it ends with, with the psalmist saying that, you know, he will proclaim, he will proclaim the Lord and he will um, praise him again. And so it's not a, a, a psalm of, of, of despair. It's really a psalm of fulfillment that our Lord is fulfilling. He is fulfilling what is being said here. And not just in the Psalms, but also in the, in the prophets, in the prophecies. And now I want to get to the second reading, which is a, a very popular and famous canticle that we pray. Um, for us who pray the liturgy of the hours, um, this, this, this canticle comes into evening prayer very often. And so I invite you to just close your eyes and just take a listen. I will read it not from the, the second reading at Mass, but I'll read it as it appears in, in, um, in the Liturgy of the Hours. Um, so please bear with me. Though he was in the form of God, wait, I just lost it. Though he was in the form of God, Jesus did not deem equality of God something to he grasped that. Rather, he emptied himself to the form of a slave, being born in the likeness of men. It was thus that he humbled himself, obediently accepting death, even death on a cross. Because of this, God highly exalted him and bestowed upon him that the name of every other name. So that in the name of Jesus, every knee must spend in the heavens, on the earth, and, and under the earth. To the glory of God the Father, that Jesus Christ is Lord. You know, and th what, what a beautiful um, song of, of, of St. Paul um, glorifying Jesus. You know, and, and it's not just um, a nice psalm or a nice song but if we look closely there's a lot of truths in here that tells us who jesus was and is right jesus was human he was fully human right but at the same time he was fully god and yet he humbled himself meaning he literally emptied himself not just um, in humility, not just condescending from heaven, coming down to earth, lowering himself, but he literally emptied himself on the cross for us. He gave us everything. He gave over himself. He emptied himself so that we might be filled. He emptied himself and took on our human nature so that we might share in his divine nature. He emptied himself of his dignity 
so that we might become sons and daughters of the Father. And this shows us uniquely the identity and the person of our Lord. And, and, and not just um, making a visit from, and not just like a, a, a bishop making a pastoral visit to a parish, right? But our Lord himself came to earth, took on our flesh, lived in it, and suffered. And he lived in a way that was in, in the most, um, most poor ways. He was born in a manger. Was born in a manger, not even in in a home, but he was born in he was born in the place where an animal would feed on. Of course, symbolizing later that just as he was born in a manger, where the, the place where the animals feed, he later he becomes our food, the bread of life. And now we move on to. Um, the gospel, which of course we can't go through the entire gospel, because it's such a um, such a long, long passage. But we'll go. We'll, we'll touch on a few things um, and meditate upon them. The first um, scene that that I would like to meditate upon and, and invite you to do the same is um, the agony of the garden. You know. And our, our Lord, after, after um, having eaten with, with his disciples and, and has instituted the Eucharist, he goes to the Mount of Olives. Um, and he begins to pray. He begins to pray. And, and, he, you know, and he had told Peter and the, James and John to, to, to sit there and pray and Pray that they would not endure the test. And, and we're told this. I want to read the line that leads up, leads up to that. Then going out, he went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples followed him. When he arrived at the place, he said to them, Pray that you might not undergo the test. After withdrawing about a stone's throw, from them and kneeling, he prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, take this cup away from me. Still, not my will, but yours be done. You know, our Lord, our Lord wasn't, you know, ecstatic about. Um, suffering he wasn't ecstatic or excited about being arrested humiliated spat upon scourged and crucified i mean he wasn't he, he was not ecstatic or excited about any of that and so here we can see our our, our lord really um really um showing us his his humanity that, that no, he, he is um, afraid, not in the sense of doubting the father's plan for him, but the human fear, the fear that 
that the about the pain that he was he's, he's about to endure the the suffering that 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 he has prepared himself for you know and so that's why he was fearful that's why he was afraid and that's why he prayed so hard and was in agony not because of a lack of faith but because of a deep faith in the father and his will knowing that he must fulfill it carry it out and complete it because he was faith-filled and faithful was he in agony Father, if you are willing, take this cup away from me. Still, not my will, but yours be done. Brothers and sisters, what is this cup that our Lord is referring to here? Of course, for him, the cup is the cup of his suffering. The cup of, of the, the pain and the immense humiliation that he will endure, but also the cup of salvation, the cup that will bring us eternal life. And so, my brothers and sisters, let us meditate this evening on what is the cup that our Lord has given to us and has asked us to hold and drink. What is God's will for us in our lives that maybe we're saying, you know, I don't really want to want to do it. I really don't want to to follow God's plan. I don't really want to, you know, it's not making me comfortable. It, it doesn't seem easy. It doesn't seem like it will be fulfilling. You know, what is it? That the, what cup is the Lord asking you to hold and drink today, this season? What is it in your lives, brothers and sisters, that you know the Lord might be asking you to do that you're not so sure if you want to or if you can. Let us ask the Lord, as our Lord, as Jesus did here. Let us say, Father, if you are willing to take this cup away from me, still not my will, but yours be done. Knowing that the Lord will give us all the graces that we need, all the strength, the courage that we need to to live out this will, to drink this cup. Because the Lord will never give us anything more than we can handle. The Lord will give us all that we need. Sometimes it may feel a lot. It may feel as if, you know, it's really taking a lot out of us. Yes, it might feel that way sometimes. But we need to remember that if, if it is God's will for us, he's right there with us. He's giving us the the graces that we need to, not, not for the entire journey, but at that moment. At that moment, the Lord will give us what it is that we need at that very moment. So that at each moment, for us, it becomes an, an act of surrender, an act of faith. You know, today might be difficult. And I say, Lord, please, please give me, give me all that I need today. And he will. And the next day, we must do it again. That's why in our Father, we pray, give us this day our daily bread. Not give us today all that I need for the rest of my life. Otherwise, we will need to pray. Otherwise, we wouldn't need to have this loving, intimate, one-on-one with the Lord. Right? 
But because we ask for our daily bread, we're strengthened day after day. So brothers and sisters, never neglect our prayer life. Because our prayer life is our lifeline to God. That intimate relationship is what gets us through, is what got our Lord through. Is his love for the Father and the love that exists between our Lord and his Father is what made him say such a beautiful line, beautiful prayer. Father, if you are willing to take this cup away from me, still not my will, but yours be done. A prayer of profound faith, yet a prayer, a prayer of profound agony. But above all, a prayer of profound love. The next scene is um, when Peter, sadly, um, denied our Lord. When, our, when Peter, although he was following at a distance, when, when he was confronted by the maid you see here in this picture, uh, he says, woman, I do not know him. I do not know him. Peter is denying of ever, ever knowing this man whom he lived with and followed for three years. Can you imagine that? Having a close friend of yours, a close buddy or a close girlfriend or, or a close, maybe even relative whom you shared your joys and sorrows and worries and everything with and one day when when push comes to shove they throw you under the bus not even acknowledge of even knowing you that's what happened here not once but three times he says i don't know him i don't know him i don't know him and and in this picture it it depicts it depicts peter's third denial the cock crowed, and he turns away because he sees our Lord. You see here? He sees our Lord looking at him, and he turns away in shame. He turns away in shame because he knew, and he remembered what our Lord had said to him earlier, that before the cock crows tonight, he would deny him three times. But our Lord doesn't look upon him with anger or hate or, or disbelief. The gaze with which the Lord is looking at Peter now is a gaze of love. It's a gaze of Peter. It's okay. I forgive you. I know you acted out of selfishness. I know you acted out of fear. But that doesn't define you. What defines you is my love for you. And so we, we, we see here that Peter goes off and he weeps, bitter, he weeps bitterly. And another person later also, also weeps bitterly, and that's Judas. But here we see the two contrasts of the two disciples of our Lord. Peter, 
who, yes, denied the Lord and betrayed him in a very hurtful way, goes away weeping bitterly. But later he comes back. He comes back and, 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 and seeks forgiveness and seeks to do better. He turns back. So in terms of, so, and, and then we have Judas, again, who betrays the Lord, selling him out, goes away weeping bitterly. But what happens to him? He hangs himself. He kills himself. So here we see the two dispositions that we can have in prayer and in our life. When we feel shame, when we feel hopelessness, when we feel despair, do we turn inward, focusing on ourselves and say, oh, you know, I can't do this. Even God can't forgive me. Or do we say, you know what? I may have messed up. I may have done some things. I may have said some things that are not kind and charitable, but I would instead turn to the Lord and not turn into myself, but turn into the Lord. And those are the two ways the two disciples portrayed here. You know, one that turns to God and one that turns to themselves. Which one are we? And so, brothers and sisters, have we ever denied our Lord? Maybe, of course not. You know, I would never, I would never reject or deny God. Okay. But don't forget that this extends also to our neighbors. Have we ever denied our brothers and sisters? Have we ever looked away from them when, when they're looking at us with a plea and the gaze of, I cry for help. You know, I was just driving home to see my mom today after Palm Sunday Mass. And, and driving through Philadelphia, there are many homeless people with signs and, and cups asking for help. And I began to see myself slowly averting my, my eyes from, from that area and looking down as, as this young man walked by and and then, and then I, I, I remember this. I remember this line. I do not know him. And then our Lord moved me and said, you know, don't, don't forget that, that this young man that's walking towards you is, is me. It's me. And that moved my heart in a way that, of course, gave me shame. That, that instead of um, seeking to encounter the, the needy, I, I turn away. But then you know, I, I, I thank the Lord for, for showing this to me and showing this about me. And then I opened my, my window. You know, I, 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 I asked him for his name. He said his, his name was Gabriel. And um, I said, oh. What a beautiful name and name of the, of the angel. And, and he knew it. He said, yes, it's the archangel's name. And, and then I gave him a little something and then we went on. You know, such an encounter can, can really just change someone's day. You know, such an encounter saying, look, I see you. I acknowledge you. I know you. And like what Peter said, I know you. 
I can see you. I can see you. And I can see your suffering. And I can see your pain. But don't give up. That's how we strengthen one another in prayer and encountering. And finally, have we ever denied our faith? Have we ever shied away from sharing with others who do not believe about our own faith? Some, sometimes we may want to hide that because maybe we feel embarrassed or, or sometimes it's legitimate. Sometimes a fear is, is legitimate and, and we, we do not feel comfortable be, because it, it, it may pose danger to ourselves. So, but I'm saying here, have we ever been ashamed of our faith? Have we ever been embarrassed to be called Christian? Because in that way, we, we too are denying our Lord. And so now, the final, the final line I would like to reflect upon this evening is our Lord's final words on the cross. Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed his last. If we notice, um, as we were either by listening or by reading the passion narrative, um, we notice that, and this is very visibly seen at Mass today, you notice that the priest part of the gospel today is a minimum. It's minimal. The priest said only a few things in the beginning, hardly any in the middle, in this last line, along with the line right before it about, um, about the good thief. Because our Lord was a suffering servant, is a suffering servant who was quiet and silent, like a lamb being led to the slaughter. But yet... For the final time, not only saying, but in a loud voice, he cried out, Father, into your hands, I commend my spirit. Literally, you know, emptying himself, as we mentioned earlier, he really emptied himself completely. Body and now spirit, he emptied himself completely, giving himself over to the Father for our salvation. And he breathed his last. He breathed his last. So that we might now live. Live eternally. Live in a way that is completely different. Live in a way knowing what awaits us. What awaits us. He breathed his last. And I can only relate this back to Genesis when our Lord, when we read that God himself breathed into the nostril of Adam, the breath of life, his very breath. And in the same way here, our Lord is breathing life 
into the lives of the church, into the lives of the apostles, into the lives of his disciples, into our lives. It animating us, giving us new life. How beautiful and how grateful are we? So now we'll just take two minutes in quiet prayer and you will hear some, um, some music and in about two minutes, um, I ask you to take these next two minutes to think about anything that we may have meditated upon this evening that may have struck you, you know, whether it be the suffering servant, whether it may be the Psalm, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Or maybe it may be the Philippian canticle, the how God emptied himself, or maybe it's one of the three things we mentioned here in the passion, Peter denial our lord's agony in the garden or just this now his last scene breathing his last giving us the breath of life once again and ask the lord you know what it is that you need to do what it is that he's asking you to do or you know bring bring to him all your worries all your anxieties all that that is troubling you and just spend these next two minutes in quiet prayer talking with him deepening your relationship with him. brothers and sisters we have come to the end of our this um, first day of our holy week retreat thank you for joining me 
And um, now let's say this final prayer and, um, and we will reconvene tomorrow for those able to. So let's just pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Almighty ever-living God, you have given the human race, Jesus Christ, our Savior, as a model of humility. He fulfilled your will by becoming man and giving his life on the cross. Help us to bear witness to you by following his example of suffering and make us worthy to share his resurrection. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. God bless you, brothers and sisters. Have a good evening, and hopefully I'll see you tomorrow for our day two of our Holy Week retreat. For more audios, videos, blog entries, and other resources, please visit us at www.belovedsunministry.org.